0: The Lord, you can be seated this morning. I think I'm on one more. Praise the Lord. All right, Amen. we're happy, right? Amen. Well, we had a little wedding the other day, about Thursday afternoon, and now this morning we're going to have a baby dedication. Uh, Joshua and Shemaya, you want to come up? We'll dedicate the children. All in order. Got baptized, saved, got married, got it right according to the laws of the land. Now we're going to dedicate the family and the children so we'll be right with God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. There's a little one. Amen. All these little ones. She won't let me hold them, right? I can try? try? Well, let me see if you I can't hold both of them, but... uh, Ah, there, go. there we go. Somebody better be taking pictures of this. <laughs> Amen. As we've said many times before, we don't dedicate the children, we dedicate the parents to raise the children in the fear and admonition of God, and that's what we desire to do this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace to us and your mercy. We thank you for your patience and long-suffering. We thank you for this couple that has come and met you in salvation and water baptism and then Lord Jesus Christ. United together in marriage according to the laws of this land. Now bringing themselves and their children to the altar to have them dedicated for your service. We thank you for your grace that has dealt with them this far. And we pray that you'd give them the understanding, the revelation of the rapture, your presence with us. And may you protect these children and give them health and strength in this hour. May the blessings of your presence be with each one. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you, son. God bless you. Amen. All right. She's the little chunk. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. Amen. Lord bless. Everybody said, praise the Lord. going to begin a a subject, not begin a subject, I've been preaching on this subject since 19, early 1982 is when the revelation began to strike and is unfolding. But many of the younger people has not been taught uh, what we call the message of this hour. And I'm going to talk plainly this morning. You'll just have to accept it as this is what Brother Gregory believes. But the message of this hour is the revelation of the rapture. If you are in the message of the hour, you are in the rapture process. Therefore, according to the prophet, the rapture message, he preached a sermon the rapture is the last doctrinal sermon that he preached. And without doing a lot of study, he placed this doctrinal study as one of the mysteries under the seventh seal and the seventh seal he said was revelation 10:1 to 7 where the mighty angel of god with the rainbow over his head which is the covenant comes down here to earth to a prophet revelation 10:7 with an open book in his hand and that open book actually pertained the names and the mystery and the revelation of himself to take a group of people and through a metamorphous process, take them from mortal to immortality as a product of God's anointing or His presence being here in our midst. We call this presence, the scripture does, the tree of life. The tree of life would be the anointing which would be God Himself. The product of this tree is immortality or eternal life. So the Bible that we've looked at in the last few weeks of eating the fruit of the tree that we may enter into the city or enter into what we call the presence of God that I'm going to call the rapture. Therefore, if you eat the fruit of the tree, you must eat the doctrine. The fruit of the tree that's prevalent for us today would be the doctrine of the rapture. Now what I want you your remind to you, uh, get around the subject is that people said now the rapture is a revelation but it's not something you fear all out here that oh I'm going to get a revelation of the rapture someday and I'm going to fly away that's not what we're talking about we're talking about an understanding of scripture whereby you know the mechanics of what the Bible teaches you about the rapture and when you understand the true doctrine of it that makes you a part of the rapture process because if you have the revelation of the rapture, that means you have the rapturing faith. Because faith is only understanding something that you've heard and been taught. It's like water baptism. Every doctrine has its conflicts. The Trinitarians believe that you're baptized in the titles of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Ghost, according to Matthew 28. The true church teaches that according to Acts 2, you're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins whereby you would receive, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost which is the grace of God or the gift of faith. Yeah. Because without the gift of faith you wouldn't have the ears to be able to hear and understand. Okay. So now since we have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the gift of faith we have ears to hear and now we have come to an understanding. Yeah. Only the elected bride that are, is ordained to eternal life whose names in this book, Now I know that gets narrow and narrow, will have the ability to hear the doctrine of the rapture correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I titled this message this morning, I didn't put it in a note, but I'm titled it The Rapture Doctrine. Now when I put it in a rapture doctrine, I'm reducing it down to the point that you can absolutely read and understand what the rapture is and obtain a rapture in faith knowing that you will be in it. Yeah. Now if you don't know that you're in the rapture, what good is the rapture for you and what is the rapture? So I put down four things in your scriptures that we're going to look at in this subject. And because this is the season. Now Brother Branham taught in the scriptures teaches word in season. Like Noah's season. Moses is season. Jesus come as the Lamb of God. That's a season. Through the church ages. Luther come, Reformation a season. Wesley come is a season pentecostal age comes to season now then we're in the season of the rapture yeah. right. which is a resurrection and a catching away yeah. there must be a resurrection of the sleeping saints a union with us the living and then a catching away the catching away is where most people has a problem because they don't understand the catching away how it happens and where are you going and what happens So they say there's a mystery in the rapture because we don't know what this catching away is. Uh, I believe that we do. Because the power to catch you away is promised to come in Revelation 10, 1, the Lord Himself, the anointing, the power of resurrection, which the Logos, the power, God, He is the power of resurrection. Because Jesus said, or the The Logos in him said, God said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So we're looking at a power. Now, you must be conscious of that power and have a revelation of that power for that power to do you any good. It's like you could have $100 in your wallet and don't know it's there, you won't spend it. So therefore, if you don't know who you are and what you are and what's going on, you'll be looking at the word in another season Missing what God's doing and do, don't prevail yourself or present yourself to it for it to do you any good. One of the most controversial subjects in Christianity, I'm going to put it that way because I uh, put a, basically I downloaded a doctrinal scholar's uh, lecture on the rapture in your notes partially to give you a, a little insight that I'm not making all this up. But if you go online and just punch in the rapture, You'll find out the rapture, hoax or hope, rapture, deception. Ninety percent of the church world out there, scholars, do not believe in a rapture. And they teach it away. If you read their whole discourse, they make a lot of sense. But they're taking the right that they're putting the Scripture together as they put the Scripture together. But how many knows it takes a prophet of Revelation 10, 7 to put the Scripture together? Now here's where we leave the scholarly world. And stay with the Bible. If you don't stay with the Bible, you're going to get mixed up. Amen. So the, the Scripture teaches us in four things Brother Brown brought out. That Alpha is Omega. Amen understands that? We've taught it for years and years. What you see uh, in the Alpha, it will repeat in the Omega. If you see the ministry of Jesus here, the Word made flesh, and that's what our subject is, in the Alpha, then you must see the Word made flesh in the Omega. If God comes down in a man and manifests himself through signs, miracles, and wonders in the Alpha, then in the end time, sooner or later, God must come down in human flesh, do the same signs and wonders again as the Omega. If you have a Moses and an Exodus, and let me put in here, the Exodus was only a type of the rapture. Everything in the Old Testament is a type of the rapture. All the four gospels the parables are all telling you about the rapture. There's one mystery and one theme in the New Testament and that is the rapture. The rapture. It is not the second coming of Jesus, it is the rapture. Where everybody gets in trouble and all the scholars they are teaching and tying together the subject, the second coming of Jesus Christ. And they're tying together the rapture with the second coming. And they can't make it fit. That's the reason why, we'll just read you in a few minutes, the scholar that knows all the Greeks, knows all the, what more, got more DDLs in college than you can think of, says you cannot make the scriptures work out, therefore the rapture is a hoax. Four things, Alpha is Omega. The whole Bible is for today. You say, well, the Old Testament, that's history. The Old Testament is a type of today. I can spend two hours and teach you the Exodus and show you the perfect type of the rapture today. It followed out to the letter. Brother Branham said, uh, as God was with Moses, so is he with this in time. So therefore, every type, when Brother Branham preaches the message, the rapture, if you'll notice, he uses Moses and all these types in there, Remember now, he didn't leave his subject. He didn't get off on illustrations. When he said, Now I'm going to show you some illustrations, what was his illustration about? The rapture. He didn't leave his subject. His subject is the rapture. Well, I thought that was Moses and the Exodus. He's talking about the rapture. All right. So he said the rapture. Now, number three, the name of God. Now, let's call it God, the Father, the Spirit, the Pillar of Fire, whatever entity or how you want to place him. The name of God and the name of the Son is Jesus. Now you got to keep that Alpha is Omega. The name of the Father and the name of the Son is Jesus. You said that means they both got the same name. They both got the first name the same. One is the Father. One is the Son, what's the name of the Father? Jesus, what's the name of the Son? Jesus, well that's confusing, no it's not. One's the Father and one's the Son. One is Jesus the Christ, one is God who anointed the Christ, he is the anointing. God is the Holy Spirit, God is the Word or the Logos. God is Spirit, the Father, the Holy Spirit and the Word according to 1 John, one and the same thing one God everybody say one God who had one unique only begotten son one of a kind man Jesus the Messiah I was watching the news this morning and they were saying how this great revival is going on in Iran that millions of uh, Muslims now are turning to Christianity most of them are women but the underworld now, there's over a million Christians that is, Muslim has converted to Christianity accepting Jesus as the Jewish Messiah. That's what Jesus is. The Jewish Messiah. He is the Gentiles' bridegroom. He is our brother. Are you following now? Well, I thought Jesus was God. His Father that created him in the womb of a virgin as a sacrifice is God and his name is Jesus. The one that walked as a child, built a carpenter, went to Calvary and died is the Son and his name is Jesus. So you must keep the two names, the Father and the Son separated to understand the rapture. The confusion is they're trying to bring Jesus the man down here to get us and then come back with us. And they're trying to figure out how the rapture pertains to Jesus a man. It doesn't. The father comes down here as he promised to prepare a bride for his son. Once the father gets us ready he takes the whole new testament bride both sleeping and living and by his own presence changes us from mortal to immortality and takes us up here to the marriage supper and presents us as a chaste virgin to his son as he has promised Jesus dealt, come down here, snatch us up, take us up, and then come back with Him. That's what they can't get together. So we want to harmonize the Scriptures pertaining to the rapture and the Scriptures pertaining to the second coming of Jesus, the Messiah. I'm going to put it that way to separate the spiritual and the physical. So the name of, the, of God and the name of the Son is the same. The Bible runs in Parallels. All the way through the scripture, there's parallels, Cain and Abel, good and evil, light and darkness, sowing and reaping. All these runs in parallels all the way through the scripture. Therefore, the principles of God holds true over and over and over again. Brother Brandon makes this statement in his message, The Rapture. Now, this is a study this morning, so uh, hopefully we'll get excited on the inside, but we may not run around and jump around in the building because it's a teaching. To be a part of the rapture, we must understand the doctrine of the rapture. You do not have faith in anything unless you understand it. You say, well, i got faith that God sent a prophet. Well, where did he promise? I don't know. What did he promise to do? I don't know. Where's the scripture that you got there? I don't know. Then you don't have a faith of a prophet then. You have to have scriptural proof to base a faith on. A study. This is where this doctor of divinity—I'm going to give you a little answer. He is giving his interpretation of his mental understanding of scripture, and he says the rapture is a hoax. And he sets out to prove it by scripture, because they don't believe there is a prophet. Watch. But the prophet says, or brother, let's just call brother Bram says in his message the rapture. In the book of Psalms now, and basically it's absolutely Psalms 27 that he uses for a text. And the point is that being hidden in the tabernacle or the secret place of God. He said, I want to speak on a real strange subject. Now, why would he say that the rapture is a real strange subject? Why would he say that if everybody knows about the rapture? All your fundamentals outside of certain ecclesiastical and ecumenical people believes in a rapture. Why would he say I'm going to preach on this real strange subject? He said I'm going to preach on a subject and it's going to be strange the way that I'm going to present it to you. Because no one has ever interpreted or preached on this subject like I'm going to preach on it to you this morning. In other words, I'm going to present to you my revelation of the rapture. And it's going to be different than any theologian, the church, or anyone else's understanding of it. You say, well, that's, if that's the case, then forget it. Because if he's going to go off on saw some wild understanding of his own, we don't want to hear nothing about it. But has he been vindicated to be right thus far? So he's calling the rapture a real strange subject. And what, uh, just for a little while, I thought maybe that tonight I was going to speak on something different. But see, the time gets away. Uh, I didn't want to stay that long. He didn't stay but a couple of hours of here. So I guess the other one would have been three or four. I just turned over here and got some scriptures. Now, we're looking at a subject that no one understands. And he just flips over and gets some scriptures to teach on it. So I would, I would... Uh, have to guess or know that he already understands his opinion of this subject. And I would have to reason now that uh, as far as he's concerned he has preached on this subject for the last 10 or 15 years. And he comes to understanding that basically his ministry and his teaching, the people should already understand this subject by who he is, what he's done, and what he's taught. But he understands that they don't. And I don't mean to be mean or indifferent. But the majority of the message people do not understand the subject of the rapture. Now when I say rapture, I'm talking about something different than the second coming of Jesus. Most people in the message, what are they waiting on? We're waiting on Jesus to come. If you're not waiting on Jesus to come, what are you waiting on? We are not waiting on Jesus to come. Why? Because we have no scripture to promise that he will come. But we do have a promise that tells us that God himself will come down here. He's not going to come halfway down. Now watch. He doesn't descend and stop like they teach. And then somehow we run and jump and get caught up with him in the air where nobody can see. We just fly off and meet somebody up there. And then we turn around and come back at the end of three and a half years and they teach seven and walk out and destroy everybody. Bible doesn't teach that. That's reading this scholar has in trouble putting the scripture together. They know the scripture don't teach that, but they don't have a revelation of the seals open. God sending a prophet, sending Elijah to put the scripture together properly to give us a revelation that we may know that we're a part of the rapture. Amen. You say, well, wait a minute. How are we going to be changed? By a revelation of the rapture. Well, what's a revelation of the rapture going to do with it? It's going to bring you the faith or the anointing of the revelation. You say, well, we're not anointing. Then we don't have a revelation. Amen. Without a revelation, there's no power. All right. Say, so now watch. If the blood is only in effect now we taught on this in the year so say with me the blood is only in effect to us as long as we're walking in the light of the hour God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son but this is the condemnation the light has come to the world and they won't bring their deeds to the light therefore the blood when they will not bring their deeds to the light which is the revelation of the hour the blood becomes ineffectual are you following now? That's the reason Brother Man said Jesus come off the mercy seat, took the book, climbed up on the Father's throne and sat down waiting for the Father to do something. And they say, well, Brother Greg, you're saying there's no blood on the mercy seat no more if Jesus left the mercy. The blood on the mercy seat never was the point of your salvation. You were saved before the foundation of the world. The blood was for the ignorance of the people waiting for God to bring this event to come down and tell you who you are. The blood is only effectual or brings you power to the word in season. What's the word in season now? Not God sent a prophet. The word in season now is resurrection and catching away. The shout or the message has already come and been delivered. Now then by the presence there's supposed to be a resurrection and a catching away that catching away parts what I like that blending that power. watch I won't just speak on the subject of the rapture now we believe that there will be a rapture amen all christians believe that all christians believe that that's bible readers believe that there will be a rapture Alright, I'll put in your notes, I just downloaded it online, just a little excerpt to show you that we're not out here wild. while. This is what the world's being taught. And you can type in the rapture, and it'll take you to all these uh, writings and doctors and sermons, which rapture. A popular but false doctrine. A popular but false doctrine. This must be some idiot. No, he is a theologian. Doctor of divinity, scholarly, knows Greeks and everything else. He writes a nice discourse. If you read the rest of the scripture where he goes farther off, farther off, farther off, he knows a lot of scripture. But I want you to notice what he says. The rapture often called the blessed hope, and that's what the church world calls it, is sadly more hoax than hope. Even though the man who started it had no intention of deceiving anyone, you need to know what the Bible actually says. In other words, he's taken. The authority on his own to be able to teach you and tell you what the Bible really says he is not a prophet the Bible is of no private interpretation only a prophet of God can interpret scriptures you cannot teach scriptures correctly without the interpretation given by a prophet that's the reason why there was error in church until the opening of the seventh seal when God sent Elijah the prophet to turn our hearts back or to correct the word from the era that the church world was in. Now remember, God corrects the word or a prophet corrects the word. You and I are the word. So a prophet comes to correct you and I from the era that we have been placed in by teachers I'm the word you're the word that a prophet corrects he doesn't correct the Bible God the word doesn't need to be corrected have many heard oh the Bible the God sent a prophet to correct the word see now we get no no he didn't correct the word the word doesn't need correction we are the word that needed correction We are the word that went into error. We are the word that opened our minds to false teachers and slowly crept off farther and farther and farther until we entered this darkness of denominationalism and completely shut God out of the church. Therefore, we are the word that he comes to correct. That's what we said, sanctify, we must wash our robes Which is our minds and our thinking by the blood of the Lamb to have right to the tree of life. But the tree of life has got to be here for us to have access to it. And if it's always been here, oh, the Holy Ghost, if it's always been here, why did he have to come knock on the door to get back in the church if he was always in there? He's not in the churches is now only to those that will open their hearts and minds to receive the perusia or the presence of Almighty God. He says, now watch. Uh, You need to know how this doctrine actually started. It's a hoax, he said. The rapture is widely taught and believed in Christianity today. Popular books and movies spin themes around this doctrine that essentially teaches, watch now, Christ will come back twice. That's what we put in last week's notes. This is the teaching of the message ministers also. They're waiting for Jesus to come. And he's going to come halfway down. We're going to be snatched up there with him. We're going to the marriage supper. And then we come back with him in Revelation 19. And they call that the rapture. That is not the rapture. The rapture has been going on for us since 1933. When that pillar of fire come down... And at the baptism and said behold this is Elijah his message will forerun my second coming that was the beginning of the rapture process amen so the rapture is a season a process a revelation and it must come to its climax it must come to the point that the believers have a revelation of the rapture to know that they are part of the rapture. And it's doctrine. It's not something mystical that uh, it's going to drop on it. It's something that we apply our minds to and understand. You follow me? Say amen. amen. All right. So it's not this mystical out here. He said the watch the rapture is widely taught Christianity today. Watch that Christ will come back twice Now, that's what we told you last week, two-part. Coming for his bride, first coming only into the atmosphere to snatch believers away to heaven for several years, which is three and a half or seven they teach, then actually returning to set foot on earth. Two-part rapture. That is era. That is not the rapture. You're going to find out where they can't get it together. They're trying to combine the scriptures pertaining to the second coming. With scriptures pertaining to the appearing or the perusia of Christ. Which is the rapture process. The rapture is not the second coming. The rapture is God coming down here to get the New Testament saints. You and I to present to Jesus his son as a chaste virgin. A bride. If you skip down a few minutes, he goes in. Now, what's the origin of the rapture? He goes back to John Darby, which John Darby is the initiator and teacher of the rapture. And he brings in the tongues of the evidence of the Holy Ghost and that doctrine there. Darby was the the founder of these teachings. But I want to bring a point in here. He goes into what millennialism, post-millennialism, and what everybody believes. But I want to give you a point here. He says this. If the rapture were truly a biblical doctrine, It would mesh with all other scriptural references to Christ's coming. Here's your theological mind. Here's the mechanical mind that most ministers still have. They don't believe in the perusia of Christ or the appearing of Christ. The revealing of the Son of Man. Because they're trying to place the physical Coming or second coming of Jesus with the scriptures that's pertaining to the rapture. Rapture, two prophets, second coming. Come on, follow me now. Rapture, two prophets to Israel, 144,000. Then Revelation 19, the second coming. Rapture and second coming is separated by three and a half years, two prophets to Israel, two events rapture, marriage supper, two witnesses, 144,000. Then the day of the Lord comes to judgment, and bring darkness and wrath of the Lamb back at the end, which is what? The second coming of Jesus with his bride. What we're trying to figure out is the mystery of the rapture, how we get up there physically with him to come back at his second coming. All right, so let's, let's look at it again now. Second coming and rapture. Don't get them mixed up together. That's what, that's what we're failing to separate it properly. Brother Bram said now in paragraph 30, speaking on this subject, some of you may differ. In other words, every one of them is going to differ. Brother Lee Vale, which is basically wrote the church age book, he said, I was sitting there that morning when Brother Branham preached this sermon, and when he sh- said that the shout was a message, he said, that's the worst thing I ever heard you say, Brother Branham. He said, that's the farthest thing from Scripture that I've ever heard. There's no way that that could be right. And he said, a little voice said, all right, where was he wrong on all these other doctrine? He said, the shout is the message of the hour. In other words if we believe that God sent a prophet to correct us the word then let's take to the correction if the shout of 1 Thessalonians 4 is the message to gather us together to the tree of life then the shout is the message to gather us together to the tree of life you say oh I can't dumbly follow that you're going to follow something dumbly who are you going to follow This theologian that don't know nothing or a vindicated prophet you've got to follow something well I'll figure it out myself good luck I've tried thirty-something years, and you can't figure it out. All these men spend all their life trying to figure it. I don't get it. it. Takes a profit Watch. Some's going to differ with the avenues that I take. But how many here believes that the Bible teaches there will be a rapture of the church? And everybody said, "Amen!" In that congregation. Watch. Yes, sir. That's right. Exactly. A catching away of the church. What is the rapture? He told you right there. What is the rapture? The catching away. Of the church which is the bride the rapture is a catching away we have to be caught up with something first to be caught away there has to be something to attract your attention come on now <laughs> like a magnet if the magnet never attracts to you then it can go on by you and just keep right on going no wonder he said something will go right through the midst of you and if you're not attracted to it it'll just pass you right on by this is desperation season. There's something going through the church. And what was going through the church? The presence of God or the revelation of the rapture. If the revelation of the rapture don't catch you up to the teaching of it. You get the doctrine of it. It'll just pass you right on by. Glory to God. What is rapture? Catching away. Watch. Whether you're a Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, whoever you are, Pentecostal. There will be a catching away. Where are we going to be called away to? Well, it's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's called being caught up in the Spirit. It's called being taken out of this dimension into another one. It's called going to another body. I just call it, we're caught up to another dimension in the presence of God. Oh, I've got to understand that. I don't have to understand it. I just got to believe it if i don't believe it and don't confess it i won't be a part of it he said i think that what i think i just don't try to get up here and say something to please the people uh, that you can say that again brother Raman. i've never been guilty of that i want to get up here and say something as i feel led to say it and i think uh will help you something that would gather your experience with god if you're a christian and you're not a christian make you so ashamed of yourself that you want to be a coming And that's the purpose that I've always tried to line up my thoughts, as the Lord would lead me. And Now, we are warned, as in the doctrine of this. Brother Bram calls it our doctrine now. The reason why I'm titled Zero in on the doctrine of the rapture is because many people in the message think the rapture is just something mystical, something supernatural, something that's going to happen. uh, It's going to happen, and all of a sudden, I'm gone like a poof. It's not. This is something that you're going to know and you must know it to be a part of it because if you don't know it you won't ever confess it and if you don't confess it you won't have faith for it to operate in you in other words the mechanics is the true teaching of scripture pertaining to the rapture resurrection and the catching away and the shout comes first and the voice comes next then the trump of God or the catching away comes next what is next in order? resurrection of the sleeping saints and appearing to us In their immortal bodies. Will I be able to see them? Yes. Because I will be anointed. Or have the revelation of the rapture. I know what's taking place. I know what I'm looking for. I know that God is here. The tree of life is here. I'm eating the body word of the son of man. My mind is being changed. I begin to see different. Talk different. I have the power of understanding. My mind is being enlightened. Because I'm an heir of hope, my power of resurrection. All here, God is here to bring a resurrection. Somebody say, "Praise the Lord!" Now then, we are warned, though, as in the doctrine of this, the rapture in the last days will be scorned at. Now in an amazing here, in 1965, Brother Branham tells you that the world is going to scorn his revelation of the rapture he's telling you that his interpretation his presentation his revelation of the rapture will be scorned at talked about turned down trampled underfoot scoffed at called false doctrine and everything else and everybody identified with it will be cast out of the message Called it to God follower. This and that whatever more. Of the revelation of the rapture. Rapture is presence. God must be here. As the tree of life. The anointing. The pillar of fire. Must be in our midst for the rapture. The revelation of that. Is catching you up. Spiritually. Thinking wise into another realm that the rest of the world is not in. If my mind is here and everybody else's mind is here, I am caught up in the Spirit by revelation to a subject and to something God's doing that no one else understands and accepts. Like Brother Bram said in this message, this minister said, Well, Brother Bram, I can't receive revelation. He said, Then how are you going to receive Christ? Oh, whoa, wait a minute. See, you've got to understand the whole Bible. How are you going to receive this one that's here then? Not then, how are you going to receive Jesus 2,000 years ago? You've got to get your mind in a channel where Brother Bram's teaching. He said, If you can't receive revelation, how are you going to receive Christ. Christ was the pillar of fire. Christ is the anointing. Christ is the one that was raising the dead. He was the one to stand there. Your name is so and so. You're healed of that tumor. Mrs. So and so. The doctor said you weren't gonna make it, but thus saith the Lord, you shall live. Brother so and so over there, get off that uh, cot, you're gonna raise, live in the name of the Lord. That's the one that he was talking about. The anointing, how are you gonna receive Christ without a revelation? All right, without a revelation, what? God had to send Elijah the prophet to turn our hearts back to the revelation of the fathers. What was their revelation? God himself was there. He was there with them. But they couldn't see him. He was there in spirit form. That's what they couldn't explain to the church. Jesus, the anointing, the Holy Ghost, the Word had come right back down on the day of Pentecost. And he was present with them in their midst. Oh, yeah, we've had the Holy Ghost that's been with us. No, 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 no. I'll show you a picture of the prophet, the pillar of fire. All right, that's the Holy Ghost. Now, you say you're born again, you got the Holy Ghost. That pillar of fire is not in you. A life or a measure or a seed of the Holy Ghost is in you. The new birth is a revelation of who you are. I am a seed of God. How do I know? Because I hear the Word and there's something in me that says amen to it. I respond to the Word because what here's you in written form you are Word you are God and the Spirit of God comes to the Word (laughs) glory to God the Spirit of God comes to the Word and when the Spirit comes to the Word it quickens it brings it to life praise be to God and brings forth himself life out of the seed glory to God and that's what he does it for so we can say praise God thank you Father glory hallelujah Praise the Lord. Hey, hey, hey. I love this doctrine. I've been preaching on it for a long time. It's getting clearer and clearer and clearer. Watch that. He tells us that the doctrine of the rapture, the way that he's going to bring it out to our minds, first off, has not been presented in the way or to the church that he is going to present it in. Now, you know, before I get to it, you know that he presented the rapture as First Thessalonians 4, 16, shout voice and trump let's get that flat first Thessalonians 4 6 Then the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first that's the rapture according to brother Brown. that's his doctrine right there that's what we want to see right there that's not the second coming of Jesus that's the rapture that's the appearing how many knows we said it since 1983 put it on the board over and over brother Brown said Church, don't you know there's a difference between the appearing of Christ and the second coming of Jesus. The appearing of Christ is not Jesus, the physical man. Oh, oh brother, you got two God? No, 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 no. Don't you understand there's only one God. He is spirit and he had this unique son. He created him. And he gave him his name, which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus ever Knee should bow every tongue should confess. Well, that's not hard to get. Watch. Uh, he tells us that this doctrine of the rapture, the way that he was going to present it, was going to be scorned at. All right. What is unusual is that he hardly ever mentions Jesus, the Messiah, in the subject of the rapture. Go it again. See, don't let your oneness mind now. Don't let your oneness mind. Jesus did by one like finger. changes, changed his road. No, no, don't do that. Jesus, the glorified Messiah, this very minute is sitting on a throne on in another dimension, and that throne is the throne of God. He sits there as the Redeemer. He sits there as the King. He sits there waiting for the Father. To present to him what he has interceded for for 2,000 years, that we call his bride, are the believers in this age. He sits there. What is he doing? He's waiting for God the Father to come down here to do what he said he would do to put all of his energies under his feet and bring up the believers and present it to him as what his blood bought and paid for 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. You say, oh, that sounds like, a... uh, oh, I hadn't heard that before. That's what I'm trying to get across. The message of the hour come to correct the word. Not this, our understanding of who we are. He comes to correct our thinking. Watch what he said. Next paragraph, brother, I said, now you remember now in 2 Peter... The third chapter now what's brother Bram's subject in this message everybody say the rapture. the rapture what's his subject the rapture all right in 2nd Peter he said now they're going to be scorned at so what's going to be scorned at the revelation of the rapture not brother Brown being a prophet not his gift not even gifts period his doctrine on the rapture I could stand here all day and preach it to get more glorious all day this is our revelation this is what we're born on this, this identifies us this is what everything is about the bride was waiting for the revelation of the rapture we have it, it sits right here in front of us watch then he goes ahead and he reads second peter chapter 3 he said knowing this that there shall come in the last days scoffers Walking after their own lust, and if you take that word lust, it's their desires or understanding of the scriptures pertaining to their own understanding. That's just what I got through reading this Doctor of Divinity. He had his own understanding of scripture, but he is not a prophet. He has no authority to interpret scripture or put scripture together at all. They think if I can put this scripture with this scripture, and this scripture with this scripture, I can come up with a revelation. No, 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 you'll come up with error every time. Where did the Trinitarian doctrine ever come from? Putting scripture to scripture and leaving out some scriptures. Where does infant baptism come from? Putting scriptures, half a scripture with this half a scripture and coming up with a false doctrine. Where does all these errors in the church come from? Preachers taking scripture or pieces of scripture, making a doctrine and teaching the people this is the way it is and they don't know no better except this is the way it is and they get out and tell the church on the same thing and after 200 300 years, this is the way it's taught to the people. They don't want to take time to go back and read the Bible to see if they're teaching right or not. Look, the rapture or the catching away should have took place 30 or 40 years ago. You know why? Because in 1933, we went through a jubilee year 50 years. 50 years should have ended it up. We're past the jubilee. And people say, well, nothing's happened. Yeah, something's happened. You and that, I understand it, but we have been ushered, I uh, like that word, ushered into the millennium. We have been caught up. We have been moving. Well, I don't think nothing going on. Then you just keep thinking of what you want to think, but our minds have moved on. We have been ushered into the millennium. Ushered into it. Didn't he say if things, t- say like it was, I believe by 1977, it would be called the ushering in, the ushering in. Of the millennium not that you're in the millennium but you're in the ushering in in other words you have been caught up by the rapture doctrine and the rapture doctrine is a last doctoral era given to the church to completely separate you from the Pentecostal mindset or the Pentecostal doctrine of the second coming of Jesus Christ this is important yes sir watch Walking after the and where is the promise of his coming? Everybody reads that. Where is the promise of his coming? I've told you over and over, look that word coming up right there. It doesn't mean somebody's coming down the road. That word is this, oh, this spooky word called perusia. What does this word mean? Literal presence with. Where is the sign or where is his literal presence? Where is a promise of God actually being here with us? They missed Elijah then, didn't they? Somebody missed the rapture. Remember, the rapture is a doctrine before it is a manifestation. So somebody missed the rapture. Somebody missed God walking right among us in human flesh just like they missed the first coming of Jesus there God walked among them right in human flesh and he was there not only as redeemer but he was there to resurrect the Old Testament saints he was there for a rapture is that right? did the scribes see him oh you're here for a rapture no they said you're a lying thief we're going to nail you on the cross they turn down the word in flesh so they miss resurrection and rapture. When you miss the word in flesh, you miss resurrection and rapture. Where is the promise of his literal presence or perusia? Presence. Since the fathers fell asleep, what father? Pentecostal fathers. What are you looking at? Malachi 4, 5, and 6. All things continue as it were from the beginning of the creation. For they willingly are ignorant. He's reading the scripture now. That by the word of God the heavens were old and the earth standing out of the water. And in the water whereby the worlds being overflowed with water perished. What is he telling you? At the end of Malachi 4, 5, and 6. When this perusia, this presence come. The result of that prison will bring darkness and destruction. Wrath will come as soon as this presence. God himself takes this trophy. The body of Christ. You and I as believers. Out of this dimension to the marriage up of the Lamb. Because when we come back on white horses. We're going to come back as the army of God. We're going to stand right here and look at all these hypocrites, deniers, scoffers, everything. We're going to look them right in the eye. And say all of you are liars. And we're coming back to prove that you're liars. You said it wasn't a rapture. But I'm standing here telling you that it was the rapture. Hallelujah. Well, I, I don't think we're going to be that rough. I'm, I'm going to be, you're too sweet to be in a rapture. You're too sweet to be bride. You're going to look them eyeball to eyeball. Come on now. We're going to walk right out on the ashes of the wicked. You're going to stand here on the word of God and say it was written, it's written, it's written. Yeah, just too, we're just too sweet. I guess we can get too mellowed, but we can get too sweet also. Brother said, now we see the reason that this subject. What is the subject now? Everybody say it. What's the subject? What's the subject? There you go. It's so lightened that. All right, now what does it mean, lighten? Well, it's not thought much of. It's not talked about too much. It's not meditated on. Sure not preached about very regular. Not too much detail in it. Oh, well, yeah, that Brother Gray, he preached that perusia or whatever. I don't know what that means, but hey, he preached the Brother Brown, Son of Man. What? I don't know what that is either, but we're looking for Jesus to come. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I, that rapture stuff, I don't, I don't believe that perusia stuff. Lighten that. It's because, why do they do that? Why does people scoff at the perusia doctrine? Why are they scoffing at the presence of God in a pillar of fire? Let me tell you something. Look, church, look. People say, well, I doubt whether they're going to be a prophet. I doubt this. I, if you're going to doubt anything, look, you're going to doubt something. If you're going to doubt anything, doubt that there's an eternal hell. Doubt something that's going to hurt you. But don't doubt truth. Amen. <laughs> Well, I don't think that the I, I doubt that. Go ahead and doubt that. Oh, I doubt I won't go into tribulation. Go ahead and doubt that. But don't doubt God's got to send a prophet because He already said He was going to. Don't doubt what God said He was going to do because He's going to do it. I'm going to doubt something. I'm going to doubt that. I, I'm going to doubt. Well, I know I'm not going to miss the rapture. I doubt. I'm. I, I got confidence. I'm not going to miss that. You say, "Oh, you're going to miss the rapture, brother." I doubt that. Well, you're going to end up in hell. Well, I really doubt that. You're not going to come out of the grave. Oh, I really doubt that because I got Abraham's promise, praise God. I'm going to, if, oh, brother Greg, I've heard, if you die, praise God, you're not in a bride. I'm going to, if I die tomorrow, I'm still bride. Amen. And I'll come back first and prove to you I'm bride. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, Brother Greer, the way you preach it, if you die, you're not brought. I said, the way I preach it, I I die, I just come back quicker. I get out of my misery. Praise God. I don't have to preach it no more. I just jump over here in a glorified body, say, hallelujah, let some other guy preach it. Glory to God. I hope they see it. And I'm going to step back over in a theophany body, and I'm going to run you idiots down and say, hey, here I am. I told you the truth all the time, and you doubted it. If you want to doubt something, doubt your doubts, praise God. Oh, I doubt whether I'm bright. Oh, I doubt whether I'm on me. Well, quit doubting your doubts. Come on. Believe. Why is this something so light in that? It's because that the prophet has said that's the way he's going to be in the last days. Why is people acting like they are? Because it's already been prophesied in Scripture. This is the way that people will act. This is a spirit in the land prophesied that this condition would exist. Well, I don't really believe that. I'm, on, I'm vaping. I'm smoking. I'm drugging. I'm addicted. Oh, nothing's wrong. Nothing. That's the way. That's the spirit. That's what the Bible said you would believe. That's the way that it said it was going to be. Well, it must be all right, everybody's doing it. Yeah, but the Bible said everybody's going to hell except those that believe the truth. Everybody will be deceived by their own opinions of something except those who's in, written in the Lamb's book of life and they will be in the rapture whether they're dead or whether they're alive. Hallelujah. That's the reason they're acting the way they're acting, because the Bible says that that's the way that they will be. All right. My, my. Lord, I didn't got to. We waste so many good sermons. Now, why is there so much conflict and differences of the understanding pertaining to the rapture? Should be a simple Bible teacher. Is there one? There's not one. Which one is it? Why is there so many different conflicts? I'll make this statement, read one more quote, and we'll close You will find that everyone except Brother Branham doesn't separate the doctrine of the second coming of Jesus, the physical Messiah, with the rapture. Everybody puts the second coming with the rapture, except Brother Branham. He separates it. The appearing and then the coming is two separate events in the Bible. He states, we all know we are living in the Laodicean age. There will not be another age to it. Can't be. So we're living in the Laodicean age and the seven seals that hell, that book is a mystery to the people should be open at that day but that's our day that is what he promised now it won't be nothing outside the word now see right here he's bringing what that theologian said right back to us again because you can't add to the word or take away from the word like the theologian say you can't mesh the scriptures together and come out with a rapture No, you can't mesh them together because they don't mesh together watch it has got to remain always the word But the revelation the understanding the faith of it the mechanics of it the teaching of it is to reveal the truth of it the revelation is to reveal the truth of it of what it is to make it fit with the rest of the scripture to make it fit with the rest of the scripture then god vindicates that to be true Karen, y'all want to come with well, I don't know where how to stop right here this is right in the middle of a subject in the old days we just preached two or three hours and quit we'll take you over to the next page I want you to notice that Alpha is Omega and I try to separate to go through Psalms 24 7 Talks about, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. The Bible said, who is this King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle? Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift him up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Watch, he shall come in. Somebody's coming up to heaven. Somebody's coming up, coming up, coming up, coming up. He's ascending from earth. He's coming up. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Now, this is speaking of the ascent or the going up of the glorified Jesus after His resurrection appearing, coming back down. This is Acts chapter 1 where He is going up with the resurrected physical bodies of the Old Testament bride. In other words, what you're seeing is this is a physical manifestation in bodies. These bodies were visual and could be seen. Because the Bible said, after they resurrected, they appeared unto many. Uh, Abraham and Sarah. Brother Bam used a little story where he said, Abraham and Sarah went, went down there and they said, we better get out of here before they recognize who we are. See, the resurrected saints come and walked around among the people. We're seen, not recognized, but we're seen. Just another person. Seen by many, the Bible said. We find in Acts chapter 1, where Jesus, when he stands there, it said that he rose up, physical body, gathered together with clouds, which the Bible said was the cloud of witnesses, which was the Old Testament saints. Jesus, in this first half of the first rapture, resurrection, now the catching up, physical bodies, physical body. Here he goes in, open up your, your gates. Who's coming in? The King of glory. That's him going up, ascending into heaven. Physical Jesus. You go over to Jude chapter... 1 verse 14 it talks about Jesus coming now he's descending he comes with what 10,000 thousands of his saints or army he comes back physical with physical bodies he goes up with physical bodies the Bible said he comes back with physical bodies and he's following Physical Jesus, physical bodies. First uh, resurrection, rapture, Old Testament saints with the physical glorified Jesus. Now then, June 13 says, I see him come back with 10,000 of his saints. Acts chapter 1, 2 angels said, As you see Jesus go, physical, you shall see him return. So the Bible said, the physical Jesus, glorified, nailed on the cross, he went away. Now they said he will come back. When he comes back, he will come back with physical thousand times thousands called the army of God, which was the Old Testament saints, New Testament saints, 144,000. He comes back with everybody. That coming back, Revelation 19, i put it in your note, that is the second coming of Jesus. we got a problem. He takes physical bodies up in a physical body. When he comes back, he comes back with physical bodies in a physical body. How do we get up there to be in a physical body to come back with Jesus in His second coming? There's got to be something in here called a rapture. If there's got to be something with a rapture, then somebody's got to come down here, get people out of the grave, change the living to take us up there. Now then you're talking about the rapture, the Lord himself, God, shall descend with a shout, a message, voice of the archangel, resurrection, trump of God, catching away. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing fulfilled? Psalms 110.1, hoo I don't know whether we can put Psalms 110:1 1 up there. Why in the world do we turn so hard against the Bible? What does Psalms 110:1 1 say? The Lord The Lord, who's that Lord? Adonai, God himself, Elohim. The Father. God. Saith unto my Lord, who is that Jesus, the son of God? A master, a servant, a mortal, a teacher. Sit thou at my right hand. When is that? Opening of the seven seals. When he, the Lamb comes and takes the book. Revelation here, I'm studying. He comes and takes the book. Hands it to the Father on the throne. He sits down on the throne. You sit down on my throne. What did God say? I'm going to go down. And I'm going to make all your enemies your footstool. <laughs> What is Revelation 10 one about? I saw Almighty angel clothed with a cloud, rainbow on his head, descending out with an open book in his hand. How did he get the open book? Jesus, the Lamb, handed it to him. Opened the seal, handed it to him. He fulfilled his role as kinsman redeemer. He had already fulfilled that role. He's done. He's claimed every name in the book. Hallelujah. Now the tree of life is accessible. God Comes right back down here with the open book, and here stands a prophet, the Son of Man, revealing the ministry of Jesus. Say, Here he is. He's here. What is he here for? To change your body and bring a resurrection to take you to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Let's stand this morning, would you? Praise God. I'm sorry to keep you that long. But we're looking at teaching. See, we're looking at, I don't mean to scream at you. This is exciting. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thee on my right hand or on my throne. Oh, Brother Gregory believes in two lords. Brother Gregory believes in two gods. Brother Gregory believes in two thrones. Yep. I'll have to admit that I do. Because the Bible said, He that overcometh, Him is an overcomer. That means you've overcome something. What we have to overcome according to the prophet is this spirit that scorns the revelation of the rapture. We have overcome that. He that overcometh the spirit of the age to scorn the uh, teaching of the rapture I'll grant to sit down with me in my throne even as I sit down with my father in his throne. Then God's got a throne up here in heaven and Jesus has promised a throne down here on earth now to me that's two thrones (laughs) one is physical one is in the spiritual realm but the spiritual is more real than the physical that's not hard to understand how many think that's hard to understand it's not and here we find God saying you sit down on my throne and I'm gonna go down there and put all that enemies under your feet now I want to read you something. I know I'm overtime, but I want to read it to you because your minds are going to go bonkers for the rest of the week, and you might miss it. But if you'll go over here where Paul brings this out and follow the scripture, I didn't know what put that many scripture in there. All right, I'll read it to you. Maybe you can follow 1 Corinthians 15. I put down 3 to 28 talking about the resurrection, whatever more. But let's start with verse 14. If Christ be not risen, then our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. So if there's no resurrection, the gospel is gone. Yet we're found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up. If so, be that the dead rise not. For the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, yea, are, not, are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are, are perished. In this life only we have in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. First fruits of them that slept. So there had to be a resurrection of Christ. And those also, Old Testament saints, had to come out with him. That's what we're talking about in Psalms. All right. For in Adam, all die, and so Christ shall be all made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward, they are Christ at his coming, which is Perusia or literal presence. Then cometh the end. What is the end, Brother I said? See, then comes the seven seals, which opens up and closes the whole thing out. Then cometh the end of the opening of the seventh seal, which is the coming of the Lord, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father. Now watch the wording here. And here's where we got into it. Over in 1984, Doug was there, the ministers' meeting out there in Cloverdale. And they read this just backward: Jesus, 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 Jesus. And it's not, watch. For he, that's Jesus, the Son of God. Watch the scriptures, how it reads. For he, Jesus, must reign, Till he, God the Father, hath put all enemies under his, Jesus' feet. That's Psalms 110, 1. The Lord said unto my Lord, set thee on my right hand, and thou I put all thy enemies under thy, make thee all thy enemies your footstool. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he, God, hath put all things under his, Jesus the Son's feet. How follow me now? But when he, God, the Father, saith all things are put under him, Jesus, it is manifest that he, the Father, is accepted. Everything except the Father himself is put under Jesus, right? Which did put all things under him, which is Jesus. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, which is Jesus, then shall the Son. How in the world are you going to deny God having a son? Which is the Lord that was spoken of in Psalms 110.1. The Lord God said unto my Lord, which was Jesus. Shall the Son Himself be subject unto Him. God the Father that put all things under Him, Jesus. That God may be all and in all. And Brother Bram said in that New Jerusalem. The pyramid over there. That capstone, the pillar of fire will be the capstone. That will be the light of the city and every one of us, including 144,000, will be in that new Jerusalem, that heavenly city, that atmosphere, that dimension, and live and reign with the Messiah for thousands of thousands and thousands of years. How did you get in there? Rapture. How did you get in the rapture? You had an ear to hear true doctrine when God, the tree of life, come down here and talk to you. I know it's weird. I know it's not like everybody else. But it is the truth. Amen. Amen. All right. I've got to get out of here. He that overcomes. You're looking good today. Hey, are you feeling all right? Well, he that overcometh. The old time. Let's sing that as a little chorus before we dismiss. That puts me in a mood to drive five hours. Go and go down and see my mama. Amen. Lengthen my days on earth. Be good to your mom and daddy. My mama says, you're not good enough to me. I said, if I was any better, I wouldn't be able to hold myself. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so good that I'm just getting older and older and younger and younger. Amen. Boy, I feel so good. It makes you want to just shout. Praise Amen. God. I I spoke in tongues, but every time I preached this subject years ago, and still feel like speaking in tongues. Why? This is the revelation that we're born on. This is us. This is our identity. We are in the rapture. We are part of it. We understand the doctrine of it. It's not a mystery to us. Amen. If you understand it, that makes you a part of it. Now remember, the prophet warns you in that message, He that adds to the revelation, the plague shall be added unto him. He that taketh away from the revelation, watch the Bible say, His part, everybody say part, shall be taken out of the book of life. What part? Rapture. Rapture. That's the part that they miss. Their part in the rapture shall be taken away. you got to get the Bible. You've got to understand the subject of the Bible. We're talking about one subject all the way through. The whole Bible is written for today. Everything in there is telling you what's going on today, what you can expect today. God is here Fulfilling his scripture of the rapture. Not the second coming. The second coming. We go up there and then in Revelation 19. We're going to come back with him. That's the second coming. Don't mix them. Get a revelation of the rapture. Then we'll go to the marriage supper. We'll have a good time for 1260 days. Then all hell will turn loose because... If you go over Revelation, he comes back, and all the wrath of the Lamb comes back with his armies of God. We destroy everything. We're going to confront the systems of this world, and the sword, the fire will come out of his mouth. He'll speak, and you're going to blackness and atomic war, and everything else will come at that time. Tribulation's coming. The two prophets will call down the plagues, but at the end of the 1260 days, when they resurrect. Here comes Jesus Christ with the bride out of the marriage supper. And now then his eyes, is flames of fire, and out of his mouth goeth the two-edged sword. And upon his thighs the name is written, the word of God, King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. There's the second coming. Amen. There's when we come back with him. And brother, I'm telling you, we know how to rule and reign. Because if will use the word, it won't be nice. It'll be destruction, 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 destruction. Amen. Rapture, praise God. How many is caught up this morning? How many minds just moved up just a little farther this morning? We are in the rapture revelation. Come on now.